Boom! There it is, ladies and gents. We are excited because you know what? In business, you have ups, you have downs, and eventually you got to make your way out. How do you turn your passion into a business and then walk away? That's a tough question to answer. So let's jump into that. That's the purpose of today's show. And here we go. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, we got some fire on the show today. As our number one rule in business is always to be of service to others. So this is your friendly reminder to like, share, and subscribe. Because every time you do, you help an entrepreneur find a customer and a customer find a solution to their problems. All right, ladies and gents, have you ever wanted to turn your passion into a business? Maybe you wanted to be on TV. Or maybe you wanted to write a book. Well, today's guest has done all of the above. For almost 20 years, our guest was sharing her unique jewelry design on HSN. That's the Home Shopping Network. Then she retired only to become an author, showing people how they can find their own million-dollar passion. Now, I'm excited, so let's dive into this and find out more from our guest. So let's welcome to the show author, podcast host, and TV personality, Victoria White. Victoria, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. But I got I to gotta start from the very beginning. Uh, first of all, you and I come from a, a completely different generation. When we grew up, we spent a lot of time watching TV. And for somebody to be on TV was a really big deal. And you spent a lot of time on HSN. Uh, you spent a lot of time behind the camera. Now you're doing things behind the mic. Why are you continuing after such a successful career? You know, uh, first of all, my journey um, started really humble. Like I uh, had uh, all but given up on my American dream. So when I thought, you know, I'm not going to make any money anyway, I'm never going to be that successful anyway. So I might as well at least enjoy what I do. So that's why I thought I would start stick with jewelry, right? As opposed to what seems to be, what everybody told me would be successful, you know, like joy designs, you're never going to make any money, you're crazy, all these things I've heard. So from that point until, um, you know, what, when I really thought I was successful, uh, which was just to be able to pay my rent, you know, uh, rent for business and rent for my family, um, you know, I just thought everything else was just gravy. So it was great. And then um, once I figured out how to make it work and I thought, you know, why quit now? And I just kind of figured, because when you, when you talked about when you opened the show, you have your ups and you have your downs and it's, um, in my experience, it's mostly downs. It, mm. It's, you know what I mean? It's mostly downs. Uh, you do a lot of things. It's just a lot of grit and perseverance. You kind of like pick up and you learn a few things. And then next time you are down again, but you know how to get up faster. So I did all that. And then, you know, I was trying to quit and I came down, I moved to San Diego uh, in 2004 and I had plans to retire completely. I told all my customers, Hey, I'm retiring. I need you to, you know, uh, find a new vendor, new, you know, whoever. So I basically gave all my customers, my competitors, phone number, address, and even made introductions. (laughs) Then then came, because I didn't want them to be, you know, left without. 
So I came here um, to San Diego, where you are, a beautiful place. And I was playing golf one day and I was telling, you know, all my new neighbors, you know, I'm down here to, you know, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to retire. And one of the women that I was playing golf with is like, why would you ever retire? Mm. You still, you now uh, have so much to give and you're an inspiration. Your story is inspirational. You came here from Korea with nothing, literally absolutely nothing. And you built the business when women didn't really like go outside of, outside the home. And when they, when they did go outside the home to work. They had titles like Girl Friday, you know, secretaries or whatever. Nothing wrong with those business, nothing wrong with those titles, but they they suggest that, you know, you can't really be a decision maker. Mm. So she said, you know, all you have to do is just go out and just be who you are. Don't don't ever quit. She's like, don't quit. And she actually told me this. Um, You know, she was a federal judge who retired and she said, I spent all day yesterday and the day before deciding which color napkin at a charity event for two days. <laughs> so, she said, I am bored to tears. You know, you're, that's what, what's going to happen to you. So just stay in their business. So I stayed and then I kept on evolving. So after all of that, um, after I retired from HSN, I wrote a, a science fiction. Then I wrote a self-help book. Um, then... Um, I am now currently on TV on Shop HQ, which is a competitive, competitive network, you know, competitor to uh, HSN. So I've been on TV for 24 years um, where you really have to understand how to engage with your audience, because if you don't perform on TV and believe me, those shopping channels, they have you judged on a dollars per minute basis. you got to do several mm-hmm. thousand bucks a minute, you know, before they take you off. So we really have to know how to engage our, with our customers, build, build a loyal customer base and have them, you know, be excited to see you, you know, every time you're on, which is once a month. So, you know, having done all that during COVID, I realized, you know what, like, I really should be giving back because I've had such a blessed life. I've had such a, all the bad stuff that happened to me, I got screwed over by vendors, I got screwed over by coworkers, I got screwed over by a lot of people, but I still learned how to, you know, come out whole and and kind of like rose above all that. Because you, if you read my bio, um, I have a global business that is quite successful. So I thought, you know, during COVID, everybody could li- use a lift. And um, my, st- I don't want to be like braggadocious telling everybody I'm successful and I did this, I did that. I hate people like that. But I do want to share um, my belief that in America, everything is possible at any time. Mm. It's really up to you. You know, when you were born, you were given everything you need. I got to tell you, Jeff Bezos, you and me, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, President Trump and Biden, we were all born the same. We came here onto this earth with nothing, right? So you can you can really accomplish your dream life in America. It's possible at any time, no matter what conditions are, you just have to really, really believe it and have an action plan. So my action plans are really simple. It's not, it's designed for people who just have a lot of common sense and not a gumption and just more than anything, perseverance. Let's talk about that because you're right. Okay, you're at the towards the end of your career, and we'll talk about getting out of this uh, a little bit later. But I kind of want to talk at the beginning because you mentioned something like, you know, we're in the land of opportunity. Anything is possible. You came from a different country. You were literally at your wits end talking about how, well, I guess I'm never going to make it in this thing. And for some reason, things kind of turned around for you. Yeah. So uh, take me back when you decided to 
well, if this is not going to work, I'm just going to do what I love mentality. Right. How did you go from, I'm just going to do this for fun as a hobby to now you're showing up on TV once a month for 24 years. Not everybody gets the opportunity to just hop on TV. Walk me through that transition. Everybody doesn't do that. I didn't know that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, basically, when we came here, um, you know, in South Korea, in a lot of Asian countries, you know, the culture um, accentuated and elevated boys. So girls were the ones that were adopted, aborted, you know, they didn't, they, uh, girls weren't supposed to be seen. They were basically, uh, only job was to procreate. So in that environment, my father brought us, he had four daughters, he brought us here. And we found out we had only 30 bucks. And, you know, no matter how hard we tried, we didn't really fit in. As you know, like when you come from another country, uh, there, a lot of things don't fit, mm -hmm. you know, because you have a different framework. So as a kid, I thought, you know what? Um, I see all these people successful and all that. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to be that. So that, you know, when I wanted to, so for, what happened was I went to uh, get hyper-educated. I'm to UCLA, then went on to USC, got my supposedly a dream job. And then I found myself working like 15 hours a day just to stand out. And mm. then I was working. And, and then we talked about traffic. I, uh, in L.A., I was tra uh, traveling 90 minutes uh, each way to work. I, I went from Santa Monica to Burbank. So I had to go. Street, three uh, hours yeah. of driving. Yeah. So street traffic, then, and, and then on the number 10 freeway, then to the 405, then 101 to the 134. Then I had to get off. So, uh, and they were all the busiest freeways in the world, right? Yeah. So I, uh, so each way, and I thought, you know what? Um, there was no way I could raise my children where they, 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 they won't even see me, you know, in, in this way. And then every time I got a promotion, I got a little bit more money, but it was more work. So then I was working weekends, you know, 15 hours a day. So I thought, this is not sustainable. Uh, I'm just going to crash and die. And the one thing I did have as an immigrant uh, family, we, we had no money, we had no, nothing. But we had family. And I thought even that was not going to be available for my kids because I was working like myself like to mm. that. So I thought, you know, um, what can I do to start my business so that I could just feed them and, um, you know, and just educate them? So I thought, you know what? Um, so I had a non-negotiable, which was I'm going to work 20 hours a week, but I was willing to work, uh, work for less money. So I said, you know, I'm going to, uh, if I can make $2,000 a month, but I only worked 20 hours a week, that'd be my dream job. And, um, you know, when I started uh, designing jewelry, by the way, jewelry is one of the most competitive business in the world. So if you go to Africa, Argentina, you go to Dubai, you go to England, China, anywhere you go, there's a Chinese laundromat, Chinese restaurant, and a jewelry store. Okay. So <laughs> it is very, very competitive. Um, so I started my company thinking, if I can just make 2000 So what I did was, what can I do now to make the 2000 a month? And this is what's really important for everybody listening here, is that if you say, if you start your business thinking, you know what, I'm going to make a bunch of money. I'm going to make a ton of money, but you haven't described what the ton of money is, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to work a hell of a lot less hours. We haven't described how many hours. So I said to myself, 20 hours a week. And uh, I'm going to work around my kid's schedule and I want to make 2000 bucks a month. How am I going to do that? Well, um, in those days, we didn't have uh, electronic, we didn't have internet. We actually, uh, we were the first generation of people with computers, but I couldn't buy the computer at that time. So when you um, send direct mail, like actual pieces of mail, they tell you that your response rate is somewhere between five and 
Okay, that is a response rate. Now it's a today's open opening rate. Okay, right, like right. It's, not, it's not like you're they're buying from you. So the response rate is ten five to ten percent. And then of those people who say, you know, hey, I thank you so much, but I don't want it, or give me more information, um, the conversion rate is only two percent. So I thought, of okay, the five or ten percent of the five to ten percent. So it's pretty low. So I thought, you know what? So if I sent out 50 letters a day, every day, and I can convert like, you know, maybe five people a month, because remember I'm sending it every day. So it's like a couple of hundred letters a week. And so, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that my leads, like I went down to the, uh, down, downstairs and there was like a travel agent at that time. They used to have a thing called the travel agencies. Yeah. So that's where the luxury people actually travel to, right? So I got all these, I just borrowed their book, the, the thick, almost like a yellow page book, a database. And I would just kind of like make a record of who I'm sending it to. And I, I would pick a region like, you know, uh, England or whatever. And I chose uh, Europe. Uh, there are 53 countries. So when I woke up in the morning in California time, nine o'clock, when I actually woke up at five o'clock in the morning, from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., that is uh, somewhere between like 10 a.m. to like 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. midday in 53 countries around Europe. Oh. So, you know, because in England, they're nine hours ahead of us. Yes. So basically, I got up at five every morning and I worked from five to 7.45 ish. And instead of sending them mail, I actually faxed them. Oh, Faxes only took them six seconds. And, you know, it's almost like today's FedEx packages. The faxes always got to whoever it's supposed to get to. Yes. <laughs> so it was kind of amazing. I did it because it was cheaper. It was cheaper than sending out bunches of mails, international. So what happened was I ended up getting – so I sent them out 50 letters every single day. I mean, I was very disciplined about who I sent it to. You know, the, the letters were very, very well crafted. And uh, I ended up opening – Harrods London, Gallery Stafford, all these European mega, you know, stores because they loved American goods. And, you know, it came in by a fax and all this stuff. And, you know, I kind of like told them I was a designer, you know, I, I just explained to them that I needed, um, you know, it's the latest of my collection. It, it's true. It was the latest of my collection. I just didn't have a following, but <laughs> they bought that. Right. And once I was on, uh, in their magazines, like uh, direct mail magazines. I mean, Harrods London was the most prestigious, it still is today, store in the world. That's where the you know, Queen of England shops and all that. So all of a sudden, I'm getting calls from Saks Fifth Avenue and even Records everywhere else in the world. So I had a global business. Um, now, the other thing is, nine. so I dropped my kids off from you know 8 to 8.30, came home, had a quick, like, you know, a couple of eggs for breakfast. And then about 9.30, it's noon East Coast time. And I worked until about 2 o'clock when my kids actually going to have to pick up my kids at 2. I didn't eat lunch or anything. I just worked straight through. And then between 2 and 9 p.m., I, I just shut off all my devices, nothing. Because that's when, you know, I cooked dinner. I did all of their uh, extracurricular activity. Yeah, I was a mom. I did all the mom stuff. But at 9 p.m., uh, Los Angeles time. I was living in LA at the time. It happens to be uh, like 11 o'clock, Tokyo, Hong Kong, China, all, you know, all of uh, Australia, New Zealand. So I basically would spend an hour sending out all the facts, the same faxes to all of Asia. So I ended up getting a ton of customers there. So the point I'm making is, you know what? You think about the one thing you can do for yourself. Just the one thing. I sent letters. 
And that didn't cost a whole lot of money. I didn't have an office. And I only worked really 20 hours a week. And it was plenty. It was plenty. Um, and I ended up, you know, building a nice little business. And by the time HSN called me back in like 1994 or something, I didn't even know who they were. I was like, uh, people buy stuff on TV. Like, who are you? <laughs> and so, and I looked at the, you know, I looked, I, I actually had to turn on the channel. And when they called me like the next year, I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't want to be on the network. It, it just reminded me of like a grandma shopping network. And, you know, I'm in all these hot department stores. Like, why would I? want to risk my reputation at that point, you know, and do that. And uh, so they gave me like a a killer, killer um, proposition at the time because they really needed to, uh, you know, upgrade their image, uh, their expert authority. And as a corporation, they really wanted to, I mean, they had a whole new management coming in and uh, they gave me a a killer opportunity. And I I got a dream contract where I was able to go once a month, do all my business and come back. So, you know, it's the only reason why I actually went because I thought, you know, instead of traveling all over the world, because at that point I was traveling, like when I went to Asia, I only was gone there like two days, but I was still physically gone from my my home, from my kids. So I was really looking for a way to minimize the, the number of hours I was working. So going to Tampa once a month, to do roughly the same volume, if it worked, okay, that was a huge risk. But I thought it was a risk worth taking. So I didn't actually contact them. They contacted me for years. And then once I was on HSN, you know, I I grew, they grew. Um, It is now a multi-billion dollar company. And I sold over 10 million pieces of jewelry on that network. (sighs) So uh, that was over 20 year period though. Yeah, yeah, but Victoria, uh, there's a lot. I mean, a lot to unpack there because <laughs> what you did was it, it was just smart, right? And there's so many people who who make jewelry. There's so many people, like you said, it's a very saturated market. Yeah, but you took a step back, right? And this is this is the one thing that I I feel a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, most people don't do this one step, and it's they take a step back and they think. They, they design their business around their life, whereas most people right. design their life around their business. And you did it completely backwards. Right. I mean, just the fact that you pick up a book that has a target audience and then right. you go and you reach out to that specific yeah. target audience. You did the mail, but then you took technology to the next level. And yeah, you mentioned, I mean, for those of you who guys aren't old enough, the computers back, or, or 80s and 90s yeah. computers were expensive and they weren't very good, right? Yeah. But they were, that was the beginning part. And you turned around and you said, I'm going to use the fax machine. So like almost every step that you made started with, I am a brand that is valued, not I have a piece of jewelry and I want to make a buck. That's a completely different approach to what you're doing. And I think that's really, that's what opened the doors. I mean, you were, you were, uh, let's see, how can I? Like Aladdin, right? Aladdin is, is kind of in the riffraff, but he finds his way into the palace. Yeah. I feel like that's how you kind of got into the HSN market. In, as I'm hearing your story, I mean, you you were intentional in who you're targeting. You opened up a global business, not on your time, on their time right. because right. of how you're structuring yourself. I mean, to me, that's that's an amazing thing to look at from an experienced entrepreneur because it opens up my eyes to say, okay, well, how... You know, if I want to make $2,000 a month and 20 hours a week, what is my approach to that? You broke it down to the really, really ridiculous. And do you still do that? Uh Uh-oh. I think we lost Victoria. (laughs) 
Well, hopefully she comes back because uh, she had a great story. I mean, think about that, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Let me actually change my layout while I have you guys on here since I'm solo for a bit. To be able to create a business in a saturated market that does 20 years on like the home shopping network, that to me is amazing. All right, Victoria came back. Okay, it's weird. I went mute, but I heard you. I heard the whole thing that you were saying. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, I couldn't yeah. hear you, but you're back yeah, now. So let's yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I guess the thing is you got to use everything I said so far. I want you to understand one thing and one thing. I have degrees. I have, you know, I went to UCLA. I went to USC, but they actually hurt me more than they helped in, in mm. this regard. And so I actually joke that I've spent all this money um, and I had to kind of unlearn uh, what I learned there. For example, um, you know, a lot of the schools teach you the same thing. Whether you go to school tomorrow over there or I go there or 10,000 other kids go there, they basically teach you the same thing. Think about that. So how unique, how are they teaching you your uniqueness? How are they teaching you how you build your own little personal brand, right? Most of these MBA schools teach you how you can plug in to an IBM or a McDonald's and, you know, climb the corporate ladder. Mm. You're supposed to learn how to fit in their system. You learn their lingo. You learn their buzzwords, right? So what happened was when I started my company, the first time when I started setting my goals, I was taught how to set goals. So I st started setting my goals the way they taught me, which was, you know, hey, if I do this amount of revenue and I can keep my expenses X amount, here's my profits and I can increase it every year by X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, it's great. But last year, for example, two years ago, uh, if you had all those goals and COVID hits and, uh, you know, for, to, let's say you did everything right. And for some reason, you're running a hotel and uh, it's, on, it's empty for a year, right, during yeah. COVID. So you don't make your goals. It may not even be your fault. But then when you don't meet your goals and you're in a corporate America, you know, you might even get a promotion. The Hilton Hotels might come in and say, you know what, Ernest, you, you, it was a tough year, but, you know, you stay there and did your thing and we're going to give you a raise, even though you missed your goal by 90%. <laughs> okay? If you're in your own business, you don't have that luxury. There's you're no bankrupt. way that's happening. <laughs> yeah, you're bankrupt, right? Yep. So this risk management thing became real. The first day I was writing my thing, I was like, okay, well, I don't have, so I couldn't, you know, even rent an office. I couldn't get a 1-800 number because they all cost money, right? Uh, jewelry, typical mm -hmm. jewelry stores usually have like a floor to a ceiling safe, uh, which means they also have to have an alarm system, which means they have to have a jeweler insurance, which means they have to have insurance. It was just like on and on and on and on. And then when you make samples, it's, it costs like so many, it costs $1,000 to make every new sample because gold is expensive. So I thought, okay, I don't want to spend, uh, if I, $1,000, I, I do 10 of them, it's $10,000. If I do 100, it's $100,000 just, just to show people what I have. Yep. Um, and I haven't yet found out if anybody actually likes anything I do, right? So right. Yeah. it's just it's crazy. It's a huge risk to find it's out. It's a huge risk to find out whether I was using my money or my parents might, you know, my, my parents didn't have any money, but they'd have to, they would have to maybe like work their fourth job to, you know, help me do that. So I thought, you know, if I sent them a fax, uh, first of all, faxes were, you know, like I said, it, it got to whoever it's, you know, somebody would just 
because they thought there was a there was an illusion that the faxes are really important and it goes to important people. Mm-hmm. So it just got there right away. Okay, that's more. And and then the other thing is like, well, oh my god, this fax came all the way from America. Oh my god, like you know, California. Long distance there, rise, that, right there. So <laughs> uh, basically, but in the jewelry business, uh, what happened was when I first came to America. I noticed how jewelers, you know, as women, we all grow up with jewelry. We inherit jewelry. We see our mother's jewelry. Everybody gets married. You have jewelry. You're surrounded with jewelry, even if you're not a jewelry user. Mm-hmm. And in America, I felt like there was just such a snob appeal, like, oh, this is a two-carat diamond my husband bought me from, you know, uh, Tiffany's, or this is a four-carat diamond. It's, you know, because you got to, it was a lot about snob appeal. There was no design work on it, okay? So I thought, you know what? A lot of women are just starting to go to work and they all look like little miniature men. They all had that Talbot suits and, you know, they had this little, like even little bow ties and was all iron shirts. Little they Hillary had, Clintons. Yeah. They had no way of um, personalizing, accessorizing or feminizing their look at all because they had to look very corporate. So these women now are making money of their own. They now are going to work every day. They need to find a way to differentiate themselves other than what they're wearing for their clothes. They needed jewelry every day, but, you know, they can't afford to buy two carat diamonds every day. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, you know what? What? And there was a lot. The, the whole woman's lib thing kind of started back in the 80s. And I thought, you know what? If I can identify just those working women who actually have a need to look polished, look like they're successful, but not flashy. So I came up with, you know, jewelry designs that really cater to that woman. And then the messaging became very clear. You know, if you were selling just to all women, for example, every woman and all women, you could say, oh, my God, you know, I have these beautiful diamonds and they're 25 percent off and they're just as good as Tiffany's or whatever. This is what you, this is what your messaging would sound like. Right. But It sounds like everybody else. It sounds like everybody else. You're talking to everybody else. But my messaging was like, hey, you know, if you um, with I have an amazing line of jewelry that you can wear during the day to go to work and you can go straight to, you know, an, an evening event and it could become an heirloom. If you want to look polished and intelligent and, you know, you want to exude the aura of uh, success, you could have this for $200, right? Um, and then when you're done with it, you could leave it for your daughter for an heirloom piece because what a nice way to memorialize this. So, you know, this is jewelry, this jewelry reflects your personality, your sense of humor, your sense of wisdom. And so I was the only one that actually did that at that time. There was a whole market out there. And everybody said, oh, that's cheap jewelry. It's BS because jewelry is an emotional connection. It matters more to you who gave it to you and who you inherited it from. I have a box of jewelry that, from my grandmother. They're not expensive, but you know, it went through like several wars because we treasured who it belonged to. Yes. Right? yes. So basically um, identifying your target market, it just has to be common sense. In, in my case, I looked at there was a huge white space out there. And then just talking common sense to them. You know, in business school, they, told, they say that the most effective word in marketing is the word free. When I'm like, well, that's a lie because nothing in the world actually is really free. Right. <laughs> you know? Correct. And, and if you're going to build a relationship with somebody, whether it's a customer or a husband or a neighbor or a sisterhood type thing, and your first word is a lie. You know, that's, there's something morally wrong with that. Yes. Um, and then they'd say the second most effective words are words new and improved. Well, first of all, if it's new, it can't really be improved. Can't be, it's new. So, new. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, so first of all, it's grammatically incorrect. And, and I'm an immigrant, so go figure. Um, and 
English yeah. isn't correct. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the new and improved, again, to me, the most um, powerful word in marketing is the word you. Yes. So it's not about me. It's really about you, my customer. So when I'm on TV, I mean, so the way the TV stations work is that you're, you're judged on a dollars per minute. So 99.9% .9 of the people who go on TV don't last more than two shows. So I've been there for 25 years. And what happens is like, you know, I hear people all the time, you know, I use this and I love that I invented this because, you know, I, you know, um, thought this, the word I is used a lot. Me, 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 I, I, I. Yeah, a lot. So in a typical jewelry day, like I'm actually leaving this Wednesday for my monthly show, I'll follow, it's a jewelry day, so I'll follow other jewelry designers and they're, they'll be like, oh my God, you know, it's so beautiful out there and I love it because I was out there, you know, in the West Coast, I went to the Grammys and I was hanging out with, you know, Mr. So-and-so and so-and-so and I, you know, I was on a yacht and I got all kinds of compliments and so I designed this wonderful little collection for you too because all the stars are wearing it and you should wear it too, okay. So that's one way to talk about it. Okay. The other way is I, I would go on and I'd say, oh, my God, aren't you guys so happy? Like the sun's out and you can finally have go have some fun with your family and friends. And maybe you guys are out around the, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be around the water. I love the water. You know, maybe a lake or, or the beach or even a pond. Or maybe you're just having a backyard barbecue and you just want to be connect with your friends. And you want to have a little sparkle, little something to, you know, permeate your optimism. You don't want to spend a fortune. And you want to have something that is high quality, I have a perfect collection for you. So I would I use the word you mm. the whole time. Okay. Plus you painted so, the picture. Right. So what happens is who cares what Gwyneth Paltrow is wearing on the red carpet? You're not Gwyneth. Yep. You're picking up your own groceries. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're taking out your own trash. You That's know, right. I do. So okay, I'm not doing it with the shoulder duster of you know two million dollar diamonds on that. So basically, when you make it about your customer, you really, when I'm calling on Harrods, London, whatever, I don't say I'm a designer, I, I, you know, I do beautiful work. I tell them, hey, you know, I love shopping at your store. I just drool over everything you have. And, you know, whoever vendors you have are really just amazing group of people. I want to be a mm. part of that success train. And I noticed that you have, you know, beautiful florals, you have beautiful this, you have beautiful that, but you, what you really don't have is this, um, this might be an opportunity for you to make, you know, the incremental sales that, you know, that we all crave. So you're basically letting them know what you can do for her. Yes. What you can do for them and their What customers. value you bring. Right. Without taking risks of, you know, switching me out to another vendor, right? I'm not asking them to get rid of the vendors that they have. So it requires you to do a little bit of work. But getting back to my original opening statement, which is, this is America. If you listen to my story, I didn't have any money to even get a 1-800 number. I didn't have any money to make a single sample. I had to just, I drew it out and sent it over. Um, you can, everything is possible. I ended up, you know, building a, doing over $500 million a year, $500 million in, in total. Do you know that is with zero advertising? Zero. Mm. But a lot of hard work. I it's mean, a lot of hard work. the work that you put in to meet these people one letter at a time, every single right. week, right. Yeah. making all those calls and connections. That's, you're right, zero advertising, but a lot of hard work, a lot of legwork. Well, the, the thing is, when you do the work, so the first, you know, when you first get, the, when I was on HSN, for example, when I first, um, you know, 
got on TV, I was thinking, oh my God, no one's going to buy anything. I don't know how to talk on TV. I don't want to be on TV. I would literally, I was throwing up just like three minutes before I was going on air. I literally had like a basket. Nerves. Um, and then I sold out of everything. But here's the thing. Um, then, you know, next, mo- next month I was like, I wonder how many of those people are going to come back because mm-hmm. I don't want to keep, you know, it's hard to get new customers all the time. So those customers came back and bought like matching bracelets or matching earrings or whatever. Then the third time I came, I thought, you know what? If I can keep on getting the same people to keep coming back, just buying one more thing every time I'm back, it's great. But it'd be best if they can bring me another customer. If they actually yes. can tell, you know, they, they're, they're loving what they're doing. So I just told everybody, hey, you know what? If you love what, you, what you're, you know, buying, just, just tell me a little bit about it so I can highlight, you know, how you're using it. And if you want to share it with your friends, you know, I'd be ever so grateful. So what happened was those first 10,000 people told the 10, 10 people that they each brought in 10 people. So the first 10,000 people actually created the next 90,000 people. Mm. And then that 100,000 people created the next million, million, you know, customers and on and on. So each of my customers became force multipliers. So you actually didn't have to do a whole lot of work. So, you know, just simple things like, understanding that if you're an entrepreneur, 90% of what you're going to do is going to fail. Yes. Okay. So just plan your failures. You know, if you offer, like when I do, um, I just designed a hundred new designs for my fall collection of the hundred. I know that only about 20 are going to really sell well. The rest of them, it's not going to sell that well. So what I'm doing is, okay, well, you know, Let's say I designed uh, these earrings, you know, these are a little big, I did it for myself. And I thought, you know what, maybe not every customer is going to want it. So I'm going to test this item with the lower quantity. So I'm only going to order like a thousand pieces on TV. That's very small, believe it or not. Um, uh, and, you know, other things that, that I know will, that, that, that tried and true before, like some of my hoop earrings, the test, I, I have reasons to believe that that's going to do pretty well. So I'll order like 2,500. Some things that, that actually has to make money that's been tested through, like it's been tested for price points, been tested for the type of sizing, all that stuff. Those are order 5,000 pieces. So basically you are still testing, you know, your boundaries. Even when you're that predictable, that methodical, there's going to be a few that's not going to make it, right? That's fine because if you're a baseball player, I don't care who you are. You're not going to hit 1,000 nope. every time you come up. Nope. You're lucky if you hit four out of five. In fact, you, you, you would actually make pretty good money. If you oh, my gosh. Yeah, four, <laughs> out four out of five, five you'd be every time. 100. It'd be like four out of ten yeah. most if, likely. Even if you do four out of ten, you'd actually make a lot of money, right? Yes, you would. So uh, in retail, retail buyers, if they have a 70% success rate, that buyer is making several hundred thousand dollars a year. Trust me. They are very rare, right? So – why should you as an entrepreneur expect everything you do to succeed? Mm. If the most professional people in the world that do this for a living, I mean, my buyers actually buy for a living uh, and they can only get six out of 10. So when you do something and you do five out of 10, you are extremely blessed. You just need to learn from the things that worked because some worked better than others. And the things that didn't work, some actually did worse than others, <laughs> you know? So it's just Man. gathering information and then tweaking it until you actually get to that 60, 70%. But if you hit 70%, you will be a millionaire, trust me, in the next two years. 
Victoria, it's been one great episode. You have a tremendous story and an amazing uh, just eye for business. And, and it, the funny part is, and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, and there's certain things that you say that I notice that really successful people uh, say about the thing that they're good at. And it's it's easy. Like, it's really easy. You just take a look at this and, you know, you focus on here. And what most people don't realize is that it's become easy because of the years right. of failure, the years of practice, the years of yeah. testing. You right. make it look easy now. Right. But it was a skill that you developed over time. And I love what you said here towards the end, which is plan to fail. Like, yes. set yourself up for failure because that is where you're becoming that professional that you want to be so that when you are presenting your craft or providing yeah. your service or product, it appears easy. It's not, right? but that's the idea that you want to portray. Victoria, before we head out, um, tell us about milliondollarpassion.com, victoriawake.com, uh, and how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, so the first thing, you can listen to my Million Dollar Passion podcast, uh, which is a uh, transformational podcast. And I bring in, when I have guests, I have very few guests. I have only 26 guests a year. Uh, just transformation stories very much, much like mine. People started with absolutely nothing. And many of them have, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten figures. Um, and they did it pretty much with grit. And uh, they come on mostly to talk about their failures, like the most fantastic failures that they had to overcome, which is, uh, which I think you find really interesting. <laughs> so it's called the Million Dollar Passion. And um, the other way, I, I would just come in and I, uh, right now, I, I don't really do this to make money necessarily. I just want to really uh, pay back. So in my family, uh, my I come from a long line of family members who, you know, just like want to control you and all that. But one of the things that always, they always said was, in my family, you are not successful until you help other people be successful. Mm. So successful people truly successful so people who just reach a little bit of success they love to talk about how successful they are the people who really tr truly su re achieve success want to help other people achieve that because you got nothing to compete yes. with so um i'm actually uh, i give uh free webinars and um, i focus on six areas um i basically took the six areas the skill sets you're going to need to build an empire not a um uh, how would I call it? Uh, not a business, you know, because when you just want a business, you want most number of profits. If you have more profits than revenue, uh, if you have more revenues coming in than costs, you have a business. Um, if you want a brand, that's a whole other thing, right? So basically, I teach people how to build a um, an empire with these six skill sets. And I have free webinars once a month and it's very limited because it's all free. And, you know, you can have, I have a lot of people uh, wanting to do this, but just sign up for that. Listen to my podcast and then you can come to victoriawick.com and I have free calls. I got, I'm very limited to like 10, 15 minutes. I'd say, but I can usually diagnose a little bit about the path you need to be on. And so, and I'm very big on referrals, like anybody who I know that is specializing, you know, something. And I don't refer anybody to anybody until I've actually experienced the products myself. So, because, you know, I don't like, and I don't make any money on referrals either. So just, just be very transparent. So that's what I do. I love to, you know, talk to you. And my dream right now is to be on a podcast like yours. You know, by the way, I love your podcast. I listened to your podcast like two episodes today. They're so raw and authentic and full of passion. You know, my, I love the word passion. 
And um, because if you have passion, only if you have passion in my mind, uh, you can persevere through all the downtimes in business. So true. Um, so, you know, I'd love to come on your show. I would love to come back on your show and hear from somebody who said, you know what? I listened to that Victoria Wick person the other day or a couple of years ago. And now I have a multi-million dollar business. And I only learned one little thing from her little episode. And that's what I really want to do. I want, you know, people tell me my, my story is inspirational. It's encouraging. Mm -hmm. It's motivational. You know, I don't want any of it. I don't want you to be inspired by it or, you know, any of that. I want you to take a single action today. Just one yes. little thing. Because without action, none of those things actually will matter. Yes. They, they don't transform. Thinking just doesn't transform. You got to do something. And that yes. something could be just redefining your goal, you know, that's aspirational but still doable. Like when I thought, you know, I just needed $2,000 a month, I always thought I could do the 2000 bucks a month if I'm killing myself to work. I mean, I can always do whatever it's, you know, you could wait on tables, you could, you know, do whatever you wanted to do. But the trick was to do it with 20 hours a week. And that, and that was not negotiable. So if you really set your moral values and you, you know that what, you, what your non-negotiables are, then you find a way. Like I found a way to go all the way to Europe. That's it. Victoria, it. you know what? I would love to have you come back and, and to be able to hear people's stories. As long as the lesson they didn't learn was to use the fax machine only, because that's a, that's now become dated. Dated, yes, it is true. But yeah. The idea of how to use different tools at your, at your discretion to, to promote your business, that your story, again, definitely inspirational, but I love what you said. Take the action. I talk about right. that on my Instagram all the time. Go make it happen. Go yeah. make the mistakes. Go take the steps. Right are doing and you will not be good at first but the doing gets you better the doing is the key that's the successful part of anything podcast business health wealth relationships do just right. go do and then adjust the results that's it right. victoria thank you very much for coming on the show and taking the time even though we had a technical difficulty right in the middle it didn't matter you still came on and rocked it right. uh, uh thank you very much and uh any last minute closing final thoughts before we head out yeah you know it's it's really really tough to figure out uh what your what path you're supposed to be on and just like Kernan said if the the sooner you make those mistakes the sooner you learn you are going to make mistakes don't let anybody think that, you know, uh, when you've, what happens is when you think about something, to, can I do it? Can I do it? I don't have the courage to do it. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm fearful of whatever. Just go do it because I'm giving you permission. You're going to fail. Everybody does. Um, then when you fail again, you're like, oh, my God, I did it. I, I didn't think I was going to do it. And I, I did everything right. And then I failed. And then you definitely don't do it. Well, you know what? You got to stick to it because if you keep on sticking to it and you, you got to, you know, think about like me, like you didn't have options. I didn't have options to go to a relative or get a loan or anything. The only option you had was to keep going forward. And so keep doing what you do. You're all great. You have everything you need to become the next person who can change how we live even. Um, I want to leave you with this. Okay. The people that are literally that we are, we depend on just to exist now the founders of uh, Facebook, Apple, um, you know, all these companies, uh, Microsoft, they all started their companies with less than $5,000 in their garage with no college degrees. Mm -hmm. And you can be the next person that changes how we live, you know, 
how we think and the future of, of society. And I think that's a great, and don't think like I'm joking. It's true. Somebody in their garage right now is changing our future and it could be you. I couldn't have said it better myself. Ladies and gents, the opportunities are there. Are you willing yeah. to seize the moment? I hope so. One more time before you guys head out, make sure you guys check out Victoria's stuff, victoriawhite.com or milliondollarpassions.com. Victoria, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, go out and make it happen. It's the only way you're going to change your mind. If you want to know like how bad things are, go to my episode one. Listen to that one compared to this one. Nine day. Episode one is trash because we all start off not knowing what we're doing and we figure it out as we go. Stick to it. You too can have a massive career if you start today. Take the action. We'll see you guys again, Mariana. Victoria, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And we're out. Thanks for watching the Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with the Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and 